today on 2C Vans. Jason's here live today. <laughs> He's not virtually here. He's really here. He's Are really you sure? Here. I could be a hologram. He could oh. be a hologram. We yeah. haven't reached out to touch him to see. <laughs> Fingers? <laughs> Ow. Fing- uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Jason is here. He's here. Hello and welcome to 2C Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory. I'm Haley Rutger. And I am Joe Nicholson. And we've got some good... Good old friends with us good today. Good old, good old boys <laughs> yeah. and gals. Yeah, uh, yeah, boys and gals. Um, let's have these two introduce themselves. Um, Ladies first. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm Casey Gaylord Opaleski. And you work where? <laughs> I work with Earth Echo International. And you used to work where? <laughs> At Moat Marine Laboratory. So I say what I mean, old friends. We miss Casey. So Earth Echo International. We're going to talk all about that. And who else do we have with us today? I'm Jason Robert Shaw. I'm the program manager for the virtual learning programs here at Moat Marine Laboratory, better known as SeaTrack.tv. Mm, virtual learning, the people uh, tune into us on the web and through video conferencing all over the world. But Jason's here live today. <laughs> He's not virtually here. He's really here. He's Are you really sure? Here. I could be a hologram. He could oh. be a hologram. We yeah. haven't reached out to touch him to see. <laughs> Fingers? <laughs> Ow. Fing- ah, okay. <laughs> okay. Jason is here. He's here. Um, and we're going to talk about something that they are both part of and involved with called the Florida Marine Educators Association. FEMSI. FEMSI. There's an S in there. Fem- FEMSI. Yeah. FEMSI. So... <laughs> I got it. Florida Marine Science, Science. Science. Educators, Educators Association. Association. Sorry, messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> Science is paramount. So what is FIMSI and what are your guys' roles in it? Who's in it? How do we get in you it? You want to start, Jason? No, go ahead, Casey. <gasps> oh, oh, well, the Florida Marine Science Educators Association is a nonprofit organization for any sort of marine science-minded people who like to teach other people about marine science. So... We don't discriminate salty water or freshwater, even brackish, and educators. So informal Mm. educators, formal educators, or classroom teachers. And it was founded back in 1968. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, the Florida Marine Science Educators Association is a regional chapter of the larger National Marine Educators Association. Which is what? Uh, NMEA. And uh, NMEA, NMEA, NMEA. Some people just say NMEA. And it's funny too because FEMSI actually predates the national organization by about ten years. So we were founded first, and then later, other yeah, other places started to form these groups, and they kind of coalesced into the National Marine Educators Association. Good people. Jason is trying to teach you something, and Joe, and I'm listening. You're just babbling. Now we're going to have a copyright violation on... What are you guys working on through FIMSI and what does it involve? Like what kind of projects do you have coming up with them? Well, I'm going to have Casey take over here in a second. She's the newly minted community manager for the organization. And uh, my role there is I've helped out with their web development and helped with technical support, so doing their website and listserv and emails. Oh, man. Um, and one of the things I want to talk about, too, is uh, a neat project that they do called the Aquatic Species Collection Workshop. But maybe you want to talk a little bit about the conference as well, Casey? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we have um, our state or annual conference coming up. 
May, beginning of May, May 3rd May. through the 5th, I Good. believe yep. I have those dates right. Um, and it's going to be in Crystal River this year. And we're oh, super wow. excited. Um, but it's going to be a great conference. We hold an annual conference every single year. It's usually in early May. Uh, we always hold it over the weekend where the meat and potatoes of the conference happens on a Saturday so that we can be respectful of everyone's work schedules, yes. especially formal classroom teachers that are involved with FEMSI so that they could, you know, pop in for the conference just that day. But it's a wonderful group of people. We always have a great exhibit hall. Um, We always have an amazing lineup of presenters. And FEMSI started something about... I'm going to say nine years ago called the research track. And if memory serves me right, Jason can correct me on this, is I think this came up when Moat Marine Laboratory hosted the Florida Marine Science Educators Association annual conference. That was like mid 2000. Yeah. Jim Wharton back then. uh, Hey, Jim. (laughs) Hi, Jim. Yeah. He was uh, (laughs) instrumental in getting that started, I believe. I see Jim everywhere as a shark expert for shark days, as a octopus expert. He's on the Pacific coast. Octopus days. Educating. (laughs) (laughs) Teachers still and educators still register for that conference. Yes. Registration is open. In fact, early bird registration is still open so they can get it at a really low cost. Good price. Um, And it includes things like FEMSI provides lunch on that Saturday. And there's also an annual banquet that night. So we provide dinner as well. Dancing, DJs, (laughs) and a t-shirt, and a t-shirt. So, and we always um, organize field trips that um, run before the conference. So that Friday is usually a field trip. We then usually have a kickoff event on Friday evening kind of in the form of a science cafe most years. Um, and so it's just a whole lot of science, a whole lot of fun, um, and sharing great resources of marine science education. Yes. Well. But Crystal River this year, we hope people can join us. They can visit FEMZ, that's F-M-S-E-A.org for more information. And who set that up? Jason. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. We've actually had uh, some folks before us set up the domain, but yep, femz.org and I take care of that. And uh, even though it's in May, it's still probably a good time to go see manatees up in that area. Yeah. yeah. So some of the field, <clears throat> excuse me, field experiences will be to go on the boat tours or snorkel tours to try to look at some of those areas where manatees are famously in the Crystal River. Oh, well, plus you have all those, there. yeah, all the beautiful springs as well. You got yeah. Ginny Springs, Devil's Den. You know, all those beautiful springs, I it's think. gorgeous. Yeah. The it's conference hotel is the plantation on Crystal River, so it's a beautiful. nice uh, location. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hoping a lot of families come because there's good golf up there. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. Wow. Is this a conference or is this like a retreat? I mean, <laughs> FEMSI has it all. Yeah, They have they it all, and I have the pictures to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to talk about something FEMSI does that interests me, um, that Jason is working on, I think, um, was this part of FIMSI? We're doing some teacher workshops and we're doing aquatic species collection workshops. Oh. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, this is a unique partnership, uh, unique to FIMSI. Um, it's one of the only organizations that I know uh, does this out of all of the national groups. Uh, we have a partnership with the Florida Wild- Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission and FEMSI and FWC work together to offer what's called the Aquatic Species Collection Certificate. And uh, what this is is a special activities license available exclusively to educators uh, to allow them to collect aquatic organisms legally. Uh, So you can't just go out and necessarily just grab an animal out of Sarasota Bay without... Well, you'd need a fishing license to do it. And when you have a fishing license, there are restrictions on size and season. So you can't get a small tarpon. Uh, you can't get a sawfish. 
Um, you can't get uh, certain uh, classes of organisms. Um, but with the special activities license, uh, you still have to uh, um, respect uh, restricted species. So again, no sawfish, no whale sharks in the classroom. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> what's that in your pocket? Exactly. Why? Why did they have to institute that? Did someone try to cram a whale shark into their classroom? Yep, maybe. <laughs> uh, that would be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, but what they can yeah. do is uh, uh, they don't have to worry about uh, size limits or uh, seasons for those. Uh, it's a certificate that they get after going through our training session, and uh, it's good for three years. And the other nice thing about it is there's not all the reporting requirements. So when Moat goes out and collects for our uh, activities, for our science and for our aquarium, uh, there's a certain chain of custody and reporting that we have to do in order to do it legally. Mm -hmm. um, this obviates that for the teachers. They don't have to worry about that, um, and it makes it simpler for them, but also simpler for the regulators as well because it is for educational purposes. Um, this is exclusively for educators, though, so you have to either be a... Uh, a certified uh, instructor in a, in a public school or private school. Um, you can also be a homeschool instructor. Hmm. And it's also available to organizations um, like MOAT and other informal education organizations um, for their instructors. So if you meet any of those criteria, uh, then you can uh, participate in this workshop that we put on here at MOAT. Uh, we volunteer to do it as part of our work with FEMSI. And uh, we have one coming up um, in a couple of days um, in March, and you can go to moat.org slash teacher uh, to check out all the dates to see that. Um, that's going to be part uh, a small part of a full day's worth of activities uh, around aquariums in the classroom. Uh, we're bringing in Thomas Reynolds, one of our um, curators here at Moat, uh, to come talk to the teachers about how to successfully set up and maintain an aquarium. Mm. And then in the afternoon, we'll go through the Aquatic Species Collection Workshop. It's a two- to three-hour little course that we offer through FEMSI. And then after that, we'll have a little field experience out in Sarasota Bay where we actually can go and sample and see what it's like to collect these organisms um, successfully and safely. Wow. What, what's your favorite animal to uh, collect there, Jason? Uh, it, when we're out in Sarasota Bay and New Pass right around Moat, there's a yeah. couple of interesting things we can find. Yeah. Uh, the seahorses are always fantastic. Um, we do find the uh, dwarf seahorses around here, and every once in a while we'll find the lion seahorses too. Mm -hmm. And um, I have seen some tropicals every once in a while come really? up from the Keys. Um, I've seen little tiny baby butterfly fish out there in New Pass <laughs> before. Really? Um, and then we'll also get all kinds of crazy invertebrates. Probably, if you're going to ask me, one of the neatest things to find is the giant yeah. hermit, red hermit crab. Oh, yeah. They, they live in these big whelk cases that yeah. are about uh, shells that are about the size of your head. <clears throat> and they're just massive, but they're also like these little crawling islands of life. So if you pick them up carefully <laughs> and flip them over, Inside of them, they have what are called commensal organisms, animals that live with other animals. So oh, they have without that. helping or harming them, really. Right? <laughs> there you right? go. Yep. Right. So it's a symbiotic relationship, and there'll be little uh, peppermint shrimp in there. There's a type of porcelain crab that's bright red with white polka dots that's that lives in there. That's one of my favorites to find. Yep. And there's uh, all kinds of uh, snails that live in there with them, as well as anemones uh, that coat the shell. So it's just a fantastic uh -huh. um, organization. If I were a teacher, I'd be like, Jason, can I can uh, I touch? Can I can I touch that crab? Is it gonna? Is it gonna That's <laughs> why I said like, I carefully a, pick it up. I'd be very yeah. intimidated. Uh, yeah. You probably yeah. have a few uh, handling tips for the teachers. Are there a lot of them out there? <laughs> um, there's usually one or two, but it depends. And then the red tide has definitely had an impact locally uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, with yes. us. But I have seen them. And then uh, we've had them on display at Moat as well. There's a preserved um, specimen of a giant uh, red hermit crab over in our closer look nook. And then uh, we've had them in our exhibits before to as well. To see them out of the shell. Yeah, you can see it's mm. bizarre Something body. from another yeah. universe. Uh -huh. I love yeah. it. Yeah. 
Well, that sounds like an, if I were a teacher, I'd be all over that. And that's just one of a series of professional development workshops that we're offering for teachers and educators. Uh, so the next one that's coming up is called Aquariums in the Classroom. Uh, that's in a couple of uh, uh, days here in March. But at the end of March, we have a double header. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ms. Dana Henderson's doing a program for the elementary school teachers. Um, that's all about fish. Hmm. Nice. And that's also concurrent with another session that we're doing for middle school and high school teachers all about coral reefs and ocean acidification. So that's uh, later in March. And again, go to moat.org teacher to find out all about those and future upcoming uh, workshops and opportunities. I love it. Very and I think it's important to note, too, that uh, the aquatic species collecting workshops not only happen here at Moat, but all over the state. FEMSI and um, the FWC have a ton of trained folks that deliver these workshops, just like Jason. They are certified instructors. And so you can find out where those are happening at FEMSI.org. Yep. And uh, we offer these public ones, but also if an organization needs a private workshop, for example, uh, Manatee County contacted us. They have a teacher uh, summit uh, um, conference over the summer, and they asked uh, me to come over and do just a private one just for their teachers. So we're happy to accommodate that when we can. And so anywhere in the state, there's probably a, a workshop happening if you're an educator that needs this. And it's good for three years, and you can renew it. That's awesome. So I wanted to um, go back to Casey and ask about, Ooh, uh, nice. learn about not only what you do as community manager for FIMSI, <laughs> I like, like working on this conference, that kind of thing, but and how does it work with your um, your position now with Earth Echo but, International? But can you think of anybody better at no, being a community I cannot. manager than Casey? Aww. No, we cannot. I, don't, <laughs> I cannot. That, I don't know if that's a compliment. It's a no, it is. <laughs> it's a super it duper compliment. That's nice. Yeah, we love Casey. Because she's super friendly. <laughs> super knowledgeable so community manager you manage the community the community (laughs) wow um a lot of social media comes into play there and uh work on the listserv i work closely with jason which is wonderful because jason and i were partners in crime here at moat marine laboratory many many years years. yes many years so um so it keeps us in touch and keeps us working together so that's very nice so i help jason um update the fmz website when he needs a little bit of assistance and usually he knows more than I do how to do that. So usually mm. it's me who needs assistance from him, but that's always how it goes when Jason's in the room. Um, <laughs> but yeah, doing a lot of work with social media and really getting the word about FEMSI out there. Um, we are we have a small committee that works with our online and social media. Jason, I believe, coined the term years ago. We call it the OSM, or we call it the awesome. Actually, I think that was Jim Morton. Oh, awesome. Was it Jim Morton? I think so. Or Laura. And Laura Diedrich. There's Jim again. Hi, Jim and Laura. We miss you. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So just doing a lot of things to make bring FEMSI to the forefront mm-hmm. of So you're really a really, a really outreach-oriented yeah. kind of role, which is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. And then how does that tie into what you do at Earth, Earth Echo? Echo? Earth Echo. Echo. Yeah. Echo well, FEMSI, what is really nice about this organization and makes it full of wonderful people is everybody who is on the board of directors, they are all volunteers. Wow. So typically, you know, we do this stuff outside of our work hours, yep. and sometimes it does tie into our jobs. Um, 
like Jason has created that wonderful professional development opportunity for teachers, kind of marrying FEMSI and what he does at Moat. So Mm -hmm. um, at Earth Echo, we will actually be featured at FEMSI this year at the annual conference. We have a presentation. So me and my counterpart, Jacqueline Jarakis, um, who is also (laughs) Moat alumni, (laughs) (laughs) Um, we will be presenting all about Earth Echo to get the word out about what we have to offer. And I'll tell you all about that. And we will be exhibiting as well. So... Super excited with that. Until then, it's a secret. Until then, it's a secret. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So it's, it's so getting to know that organization. So it's a do you guys do active kind of conservation calls to action kind of work? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So Earth Echo International mm-hmm. is an, a, an environmental nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. and it is founded on the belief that youth have the power to change our planet. Yeah. So um, it was established by siblings in the early 2000s, and those two siblings, you might recognize their last name, are Alexandra and Philippe Cousteau. Of course. Um, And they basically founded the organization on the legacy of their father, Philippe Cousteau Sr., as well as their grandfather, Jacques Cousteau. Jacques. Um, And that mission is, our mission is to inspire youth to act now for a sustainable future. So we really do, we're very youth-centric and truly believe that youth have the power to change our planet yeah and that that's totally a carryover from uh we here are focused on the next generation if anyone didn't know that it's not us that are going to change it it's going to be the youth. yes it is it is they they inherit all of our our issues <laughs> they, unfortunately but they have supple young minds to yes. come up yes. with good solutions so I, I wanted to ask you to play a silly game with us um <laughs> It's a totally silly game. It's all my games are silly. With uh, silly walks. Yes, with silly walks. <laughs> uh, we wanted you guys to um, educate us a little bit and maybe offer us a couple of trivia questions based on stuff you would teach. Make it easy so I can beat her. Oh. <laughs> based on things you might teach the teachers uh, and see if we can get any answers right. <laughs> Do you have some? Yeah. It's kind of like Sporkle. What? I did like a trivia angle. One of my questions is to know if you guys were paying attention. Okay. okay. What year was Femzy? 68. Yes. Good job. Joe. You didn't give wow. me a chance. Ding, 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 ding. Good job. Joe's smart. Yeah, Joe's smart. Okay. Next. All right. You're this setting up a saltwater aquarium. Yes. Okay. Seawater. You have a thousand parts of water. How many parts of it are salt? 2.5. Higher. 5.2. Higher. Six out of a thousand parts per water, how many parts are the salt? Per thousand. I, I might have been used to hearing parts per million. Five hmm. hundred. No. <laughs> My mind is saying the number is eight, thirteen, and twenty. On average, seawater is thirty-five parts per thousand. Oh per dear, thousand. it wasn't even close. Yep. Oh, see? So typically when our aquarists <laughs> go and mix up a batch of fresh seawater and they have the mix with them. They, they just add a, a tear. Yep. <laughs> because it's that salty, <laughs> especially from the crocodiles. They just cry. Yes, yes. Yep. Wow. Well, that I was, feel silly for being stumped at that one. Yeah, that, that yep. was, uh, we should have known that. Yeah, Although, yeah, Joe. Why should we have known that? Because we work here. Oh. Come on, man. Okay. Step up our game. All right, you get, go. Any others? I do. Okay. 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 So yeah. this is one that, I thought I would marry my two 
Professional Loves, Moat Marine <laughs> Laboratory and Earth Echo International okay. because there is some history and tie in there. Hmm. Um, so my boss, Philippe Cousteau, mm-hmm. did embark on a research trip with Moat's founder, Eugenie Clark, mm. at yes. one point in his life. Mm. At what age did he first travel with Jeannie and where he was were a, they? He was a teenager. <laughs> And they were in uh, the Red Sea. Oh, that's such a good guess. No? No. I'm going to guess Fiji. No? Let me think. Papua New Guinea. Or yes! That's what I'm Papua New Guinea. And he was uh, in his Give me an age. He was 24. He was 16. Whoa! Yeah. You, good job, Good Joe. job. Good job. You're Joe, winning. Joe gets close. Joe is winning. Joe won that one. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Joe got two. Haley, zero. Zero. Okay, when Jay. was the first year that Moat began doing distance learning? Oh, oh officially question. or unofficially? Either this, or both. I think this quiz is like Joe-centric because it's all history. <laughs> I might have one for you. Okay, okay. Uh, it was 19. I'm going to go with 96. 90. Yeah, it was 96. Yeah, 96. Right. So we started the Jason Project with Bob Ballard in 1989, which counts as distance learning, which uh, later inspired mm-hmm. C-Trek, which was founded more or less in 1996, depending on who you ask. Yes. So good answer. Ooh, yes. here's one. Over 20 years. Ooh. How long did Casey and Jason work with C-Trek together? 10 years. Longer. 10? You've known me longer than 10 years. Well, that helps. Uh, 15 years. I'm going to go with 14 I, years. D- d- close. S- s- 16. Very close. 17. 17. <laughs> 17. <laughs> really? 17. It was really yeah. 17 years? Yeah, I started 2001 or 2002. Oh, and, uh, geez. Impressive. Yep. Yeah. Really? It's been that long? It's been that long. Very wow. impressive. It's crazy. Now I'm feeling even it. older. <laughs> and you were here before that, so yeah. yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for pointing that out, Jack. <laughs> that's great all right Haley, i've got one for you oh my back she's trying to make me feel better (laughs) what is the name of jacques cousteau's famed vessel oh i thought you were gonna say his dog is it the contiki no the it's it's the odyssey no it's the uh it's something from that though it's the uh it's the the odessia uh the calypso yeah (laughs) there it is it wasn't one for me whose is the contiki no it's thor higher Thor. Good old Thor. Yeah. <laughs> no, sad. Okay. I'm bad at this game. You're no, good. I think, I think I won. You won. So let's move on. Good job. So, so for both of you, what kinds of ocean topics are really hot among the FEMC members or slash educators right now? Right now. Right now. That's good. Uh, a big thing right now is uh, the ocean literacy um, campaign that the National Marine Educators Association started. Uh, that's been going on for over a decade now. We say uh, ocean literacy a lot around here. If uh-huh. you're a member of FIMSI, what does that mean to you? What's that phrase? He's looking it Especially up. Especially since it's a <laughs> hot topic. <laughs> He's looking it up. So there are standards for uh, knowledge, and they're usually in the phrase of uh, things like, number one, the Earth has one big ocean with many features. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the number one uh, part of the framework for ocean literacy. Number two, the ocean and life in the ocean shape the features of Earth. And then they break that out into smaller and smaller components. But uh, the ocean literacy campaign was an effort by um, 
marine educators to incorporate ocean science into general science topics. So we worked with the, the National Science Teachers Association and other groups to remind them that you can teach science through the frameworks, through the lens of uh, the ocean. So if you want to talk about food chains, uh, so you can certainly use terrestrial analogs for that. You can talk about uh, elephants and uh, lions and tigers and bears and all that. Mm-hmm. But you can also talk about tuna and sharks and herring and teach the same lesson, but remind them that, you know, over 70% of our planet is covered by this kind of ecosystem, and uh, maybe we should remember that. So which mm-hmm. one's the lion Sometimes. and which one's the tiger? In the ocean? Tiger shark's a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Lionfish is a lion. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Well, you named for like top, well, not the elephant, but you named a bunch of top predators. That does not make an ecosystem. No, but you would start off with like phytoplankton. Yeah. That goes to herring and sardines, which are then eaten by things like tarpon or snapper, which are then eaten by the hammerhead sharks over in Boca Grande Pass. And Forgot so. the invertebrates. I'm yep. just kidding. It's okay. I love the invert. Yeah. There's many inverts. Is, is Are any of the like other topics that you hear about in the news, like the uh, banning of the plastic straws? Yes. Micro, oh, yeah. yes. Microplastics. So that's where I was going to go next. Is, is all of that in, in Yes, the absolutely. So usually, say if you attend a FEMSI conference, you yeah. can almost guarantee that there will be a session about plastics. Yeah. Um, and we definitely have those this year. Um, there's usually a lot of talk about microplastics, and that is the, you know, plastics don't go away. That's the hot They break one. up. So they don't break down, they break up. So microplastics. It's and a, so it's that's a very insidious problem. Like, even in top predators white sharks for yes instance. bob huter remote and going on osearch vessels they're studying um whether there's evidence of them having yeah i mean even in us yeah too. oh the, yeah the things we're ingesting so please don't take a sample from me i yes, don't want to know it's scary yeah. and not only plastics but also things like climate change yes. ocean acidification um because unfortunately these topics are still hot they're they're, they're hot they're not going away and we were coming to a really good place, a really good climate, if you will, to talk about mm. these things as being accepted as science. And there's still now a ton of debate. Is this science? Is it not? And really, there is no debate. It is science. Mm-hmm. About 94% of respected scientists do agree that climate change is real and it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, those are always really great topics that everybody can learn a little bit more. And I did mention the research track Um, at the FEMSI conference. And what we do is we typically have five sessions. And during those sessions, there could be six different topics going on at the same time. So you pick and choose what you want to go to. And one of those sessions will always be a research track. So we actually seek out scientists and researchers, and we invite them to come and speak at FEMSI for a 50-minute time slot and talk about what they're doing. So this year, it's all focused on the rivers, the springs to the Gulf. Um, and so that is what the science is kind of based around this year. So it's really exciting. We actually have a really great opening panel too that morning on Saturday morning for FEMSI to talk about the springs to the Gulf and how everything is connected. She kind of makes me want to go to this. Me thing. too. You should. Me well, too. and the other nice thing is that FEMSI does have a scholarship fund for educators. So if teachers uh, want to go but can't afford it, there is a uh, scholarship award process and they go to the website and find out more about that. Um, They can use it to go to our Florida conference, but there's also a national conference uh, that's going to be in Durham, uh, New Hampshire, uh, July 21st through the 25th. Mm. And uh, they have that every year. And those scholarship funds that FEMSI makes available can be used for the regional or national conference or to go to NSTA. The teachers just have to uh, choose uh, how they want to apply for that. 
Sweet. Love that. I want to go hear those talks on the rivers to the Gulf. I, um, we were talking to some of our scientists who study blue holes this year, and they are investigating whether these holes in the Gulf have any connection to Florida aquifer. So it's that's cool. It's on my mind, like whether they can flow one way or another, and <clears throat> all these connections. Is there anything else that we should cover that we are that we are missing about Fimsy? About what you guys got going on? What else are we missing? Summer camps are coming up. That's right. Yeah. We've got summer all kinds camps. of exciting summer camps. We have a spring break camp in March. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's full or not, but uh, you can go to Moat's website to find out. Moat.org slash Moat Camp, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Moat.org. Uh, just click on the education tab. That'll take you to it. Yeah. Um, so we do that in March, but then also we have summer camps coming up, and those are definitely filling up. Uh, we have, of course, the uh, traditional morning camps that we've always run, but we also have a series of afternoon camps as well, so the students and uh, the kids can stay for the whole day now. And uh, I still run the uh, technology summer camp in the afternoon, so we have a little robotics camp, and we learn about ocean technology, so they can check that out. Sign up. And I should have said moat.org forward slash camp. That's the right address. And a fun little tidbit yeah. is moat camps actually contribute to Earth Echo's Water Challenge program. I was going to ask, oh. is there yes, any they actually, cross-pollination here? They use um, Earth Echo's Water Challenge test kits, um, which anybody can buy online. Just go to monitorwater.org huh. or earthecho.org. Oh, really? Yeah. And another familiar face and name that you would know who is in charge of that program is Sean Russell. Hey. <laughs> yes, I would. There's a lot of people that have gotten their start here at Moat that I work with at Earth Echo. But the Water Challenge Program um, inspires people and tasks everyone with citizen science. Test your the waters in your community. And if you have healthy waters, you're going to want to protect them. And if you have unhealthy waters, you're going to want to protect them. What do you test them. for? What kind of so things? So just real simple things like yeah. dissolved oxygen in the water, mm-hmm. um, turbidity, pH. How much salinity are they testing? <gasps> 35. 30. Good job. Good job. One, good one job. tier. It depends where they're testing, but yep. One tier. Yeah. But we have an international database on monitorwater.org. And so not only can students go out and collect those samples and do the scientific processes of collecting the data, but then they can also enter the data into our larger database. Is there an app wow. for that? <laughs> there is. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> is there a FEMSI app? No, not yet. There is not. Okay. There should be. I'm looking at the website right now. It's very cool. It's very simple. I could I could feel like I could do this if I were yeah. like if I were like It's 11, a wonderful 11. program. We have yeah. a lot of really cool programs yeah. at Earth Echo. Very cool. All right. Well, hey guys. Um it's been really, really good to see the two of you together again. Mm-hmm. Thanks for letting us catch up. Yeah, thank you. It's awesome. Really good to see you. So, teachers, go look, and educators of all sorts, go look at that conference. Uh, anyone, anybody, want to give uh, the conference website one more time? F M S E A dot O R G org org femc You have to say it like that. Org. All right, Jason and Casey. It's been so much fun. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Yeah. And we will see you all in two weeks for another episode of Two C Fans at Moat.